Alfred DeCosta, your host of the LH podcast, and this is Joanna. How are you doing, lady? It's Pastor Fred here, and you're probably surprised to be listening to a voice coming from a podcast named after you. I've done it before. I did it with my Bible class when I used to be in Kansas City. I've done it when I... So you gave me two verses, and those two verses were Matthew, one in Matthew and one in John. The first one, if I remember, was Matthew chapter 10, verse 38. And I read it in a couple of versions. And so I'm going to read that. And then the other one is John 3, verse 17. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 38, and we'll be looking in the NASB version. Verse 38 says, And the ones who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Sounds dark, right? Then we go to John. John 3, verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So one of them talks about no condemnation. The other one says, you're not worthy. I think that the contradiction lies there in what you're talking about. What I want to do is invite you to look at the, 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 the story behind it. And so when we look at the story in chapter three of John, we see it's Jesus and Nicodemus. The crickets are chirping in the background. The stars are out at night. And they're sitting on the top of a roof. And I only say that because I saw the chosen. And they're talking back and forth. And we know that Nicodemus is a babe in the faith. We know that he is well-learned, well-experienced, and probably one of the tip-top leaders of his time. And yet he was a babe because he was missing the point. He didn't recognize that there is one to come. And that this one to come was sitting right there in front of him. And he was telling him things about what it means to be born again. The literal sense versus when we're born again of the Holy Spirit. And so this was a person that didn't understand what it meant fully to be a Christ follower or a God follower. He thought it was all about following the rules and executing perfectly everything the law prescribed. And he did it well. He was the best at what he did. And so the other thing that Jesus was saying is that things like this would have to be perceived by the Spirit because you can do as much book knowledge as you can imagine and still miss what it means to be born again. And so when you look at that verse, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The world was already condemned. From the condemnation of humanity at the garden we were already there. And so a lot of these Pharisees and Sadducees thought that they were achieving. They were achieving salvation through what they were doing. And that by doing it perfectly, that they would earn their way to heaven. And they didn't think that there had to be one that was the, the intermediary, the one that, that they would have to go through to get to God the Father. They only thought that their achievements would give them access to the throne of God. And Jesus was sent into the world by God the Father to a world that was already condemned, not to condemn the world, but to save it through Jesus. And the way that you get a hold of that 
has nothing to do with how awesome you deliver a sermon on how hard you fight for social justice, on how much you raise money to become a, a, a leader that gets hundreds and thousands of likes on social media. It says in verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned. And after that, it says, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. The door is Jesus. So there it is, a babe being taught what this thing is all about, what salvation and truth is all about. But then you get over here to verse 38, and it says, and he and the one who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. It is so easy to think about what it means to say to carry your cross. We live in a society that's all about, you know, you need to get in there and do your part and God will do his part and then you're good to go. But when you look at the context of what's going on here, this the people that are being addressed in this verse are a little bit different. Jesus is now rallying them. I don't know if you've ever, if you can imagine a coach and they, they're getting ready to, to rally the people to get them to know what needs to be done on the court. And what he's saying to them is that, listen, guys, and he's serious business. He's saying, don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers. He's like, tell them the kingdom of God is here. He's like, bring health to the sick, raise the dead, touch the untouchables, kick out demons. Don't think you have to do some fundraising campaign before you start. You don't need a lot of equipment. When you enter a town, don't try to stay at the luxury inn. When you knock at the door, be courteous, be welcoming, be gentle. If they, if they don't welcome you, quietly withdraw, but stay alert. He's saying stay alert because this thing has to be done my way. Because the way that we do things is all about self. We campaign for the cause. We try to set it up right. We try to, to run and gun. We want to make it loud, make it bright, make it fresh, make it good, make it strong. Hopefully they get it. We want to compel people. And all of those things are fancy-dancy fantastic. But the thing is, is God's way doesn't match human way. When it's our way, it's about us. When it's done God's way, it's about Him. And it's not just about Him, it's about Him completely. So he's saying, stay alert. He's like, this work is hazardous. Why? Why is it hazardous? Because of how easy it is for us to switch gears from the one who's doing the work to ourselves. He's like, don't be naive. Some people will question your motives. Some are going to mess with your name. But don't be upset because they're not mad at you. Don't make this about you. Really, they're doing this because of me. Without knowing it, they've actually, what they've done to you, they're doing this to me. You're preaching the good news, the gospel. That's what I want you to give. And don't worry about what you're going to say or how you're going to say it. And what's going to happen is people are going to realize that what you're saying is about the living God and not about some idol that makes them feel good. And so they're going to turn on you, even the people in your family. And we've always looked for that, Joanna. We've always looked for that day where, am I being persecuted enough or else I'm not a good enough Christian? Am I being, am I achieving? Am I, am I um, accomplishing this the way God would want us to do it? And, it? and it's a perfectly legitimate question. But he said, there's a great irony here, proclaiming so much love, experiencing so much hate. But he says, don't quit. That's what he's saying. Don't quit. Not just don't quit. Don't quit doing it my way. 
because it's well worth it in the end. And it's not success that you're after, especially in times of survival. Be survivors before you run out of options. The Son of Man will have arrived. So here it is. He's saying, it's not you they're hating, it's me. And he says, don't be intimidated. The, the, the teacher, the student doesn't get a better desk than the teacher. The, the worker doesn't get paid more than the boss. Don't, don't be bluffed into silence. Save your fear. Who holds your entire life, body, and soul is what he's saying. Save your fear for God. So really the issue he's talking about here is doing it your own way and not giving in to the fear of doing it your own way, but God's way. And so he says this harsh verse, and I was kind of going through the verses there, and we get to verse 38, and he says, you're not worthy of me if you're not carrying your cross pretty much. And so listen to what he says in verse 29 through 31. What's the, what's the price of a pet canary? Some loose change, right? And God cares what happens to it even more than you do. He pays even greater attention to you, down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on your head. So don't be intimidated by all this stuff. You're worth more than a million canaries. We're talking about worth. So what does it take to be worthy of God? Is it all the campaigning? Is it all the flash? Is it all the boom? Is it all the influence? Is it all the likes? Or is it the value that God puts on you? He says you're worth more than a million canaries. He's paying attention to you in every way, even when it doesn't feel like it. So he says, stand up for, for me against world opinion, and I'll stand up for you before my Father in heaven. And he's like, if you turn your tail and run, do you think I'll cover for you? He can't. You got to choose him. It's got to be his way. It's got to be his strength, his power. And do we fail sometimes? Yes, we do. And he says, don't, don't think I've come to make life cozy. I've come to cut, to make sharp knife cut between son and daughter, son, father, daughter, mother, bride, mother-in-law, cut through these cozy domestic arrangements and free you for God. So what he's saying is that this message, this gospel is going to be an offense to even the closest of you. And why? Is it because they're not doing it your way or their own way? It's because God's way can be offensive. And so it says, finally, if you don't go all the way with me through thick and thin, you don't deserve me. If you don't choose my way, you don't deserve me. If we're talking about worth, you know, finding your worth in this gospel work of how well you can talk, how well you can preach and teach and baptize and how well you can give a Bible study and how well you can, you can be a Christian. If you want to talk about the worth of the world, he says, I pay attention to the canaries. I know the number of hairs on your head. You're worth more than a million canaries. So your worth isn't about what you do. Your worth is about the value he puts on you. And so if you're not carrying your cross and doing it his way, that's what the cross is. The cross is Christ's way. If you're not carrying it, if you're not doing the work his way, then you're doing it your own way. And you're not, if you're talking about worth, you're not worthy of him because your way is saying, I'm going to represent myself. I'm going to do it on my own. And Jesus is saying, if you're going to go out there if you're going to go out there in the field as your ref, as your coach, as your, as your savior, then it, you might as well not even go. And so it's not a contradiction. It's, it's two different settings. One of them is a babe in the faith, recognizing that it's God 
It's the spirit of Jesus. It's the spirit of God that transforms us. And so he's come to this world to save and not to condemn. And it's still the same when you get over to Matthew. He didn't come into the world to condemn, but to save. But the the caveat is, is it's got to be done his way. If we're going to go out there and depend on ourselves, we're not worthy of it. Picking up of our picking up our cross doesn't mean that you have to suffer or you don't have to suffer. It means it's done his way, and his way has to do with death, death to self, death to my way, death to my pride, death to my methods that have always worked, death to to the things this world uses to get things done. And it comes at a cost because some people aren't going to like it. Some people are going to be offended. Some people are going to hate you for it. But he's saying don't take it personal because that's they're hating me. So I hope that answers your question. You said you had a, a few more. If that answers your question, great. Please send me some more and I'll dedicate this space to, to pray and to answer whatever questions you might have. That was a long form answer, but worth the study. And so I'll split this thing up and I will talk to you soon. Alfred DeCosta, your host of the L4H podcast. Talk to you later, Joanna.